0: And welcome back, everybody, to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. We are going to be talking about something really awesome today. Aren't we, Paul Anderson? Yes, we are definitely, Nate Johnstone. So this is a, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Spoiler alert. Um, Spoiler alert, he's awesome, as it turns out. And Jesus was really excited about the gift of the Father, as He calls the Holy Spirit, He talked about the Holy Spirit a lot in that last week, in particular. That's when He did. Before then, He was
1: operating in the power of the Spirit, as we know. Could you could you
0: expand on that just just a little bit, Paul?
1: Well, sure. Uh, he was uh, Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how Jesus was born Mm -hmm. in the world, through the Holy Spirit. And then uh, we're told in Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me too. And then talks about what he did, preach good news to the poor and uh, so on. And so he himself was filled with the Holy Spirit to do his work. What he did, he did not do by his own power as the Son of God. He did through the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yes, and this is something that we have mentioned quite a few times on this podcast. And to some people, it's a controversial kind of theological idea. Um, it's the understanding I grew up with, so I've never found it to be controversial, but the the miracles, the supernatural things that Jesus did while in the flesh on earth, he didn't do them as the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He could have, of course, because he was that. He didn't stop being that when he became human, but he did um, empty himself of some of the, the glory. He took turned down i think of it like dimmer switches jesus intentionally turned a couple switches down so that he could become a human being and what he did on earth he did through the power of the holy spirit just as we do jesus has said said multiple times i don't do this on my own i do only what i see the father doing Mm -hmm. right and so he was operating through the power of the holy spirit and that he did as an example for us because we do the exact same thing and so it's not an excuse for us to say, Jesus did that. Well, Jesus, sure, Jesus healed someone. Sure, Jesus asked the spirit for a miracle. And he did it, but he's Jesus. That doesn't count. It does count because he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit and we have the same Holy Spirit. Would you agree, Paul?
1: I'm not only agree, but I would take it a step farther. Mm-hmm. He said the works that i do you will do and even greater works
0: even greater works
1: because i go wow. to the father it's interesting to me that the disciples right on up through the ascension were saying no he can't go he can't go he right can't go. and they were staring into heaven to the point that god sent an angel down and what said, are you doing guys the god, show's god, over i stand <laughs> you gazing into heaven so they had to get over that. They went back and they prayed for 10 days uh, because he was ascended after 40. And this was Pente, Pentecost was 50. Fifty. And uh, 10 days later. That's 50 spirit,
0: days after Passover.
1: Yes, 50, 50 days. Then the spirit came. From then on, they never wished for Jesus back. They knew he was at the right hand of the Father, and they preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to preach this. I, I, I'm excited about what we're talking about. They were filled with the Holy Spirit when the Spirit came to fill them. They, they were children of God, but then God said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you.
0: Amen. Um, we're going Oh, we're going to say, we're going to talk about this for weeks there's a lot to say. Um, I, I want to put in a, a caveat here about something we're not talking about. I've spoken on the Holy Spirit many times. You have many more times than I, and sometimes, uh, people have talked to me or raised their hands or came up afterwards or whatever and said, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I have the Holy Spirit in me. So I find it offensive when you talk about being filled with the spirit as if I'm not, as if I don't have the Holy Spirit. And the issue there isn't one of theology, I don't think, so much as it is an issue of terminology. And so I just want to bring up what they're talking about. So if you look at the Gospel of John, chapter 20, we see that Jesus breathed on his apostles, which is ironically a super like Pentecostal thing to do. So Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why does he breathe on them? Because the word breath and spirit are the same word in Hebrew, ruach. Ruach was the Holy Spirit, which is the same as the breath. And so Jesus literally breathed the spirit upon them. Jesus was full of the spirit. He breathed the spirit upon them. They received the Holy Spirit within them. And all believers now have the Holy Spirit. Do you agree, Paul? I agree, yes. So when, when we become Christians, okay, God adopts us. That's the metaphor that scripture uses. He is our father because he has chosen us and he has adopted us. It's nothing that we did. We can't earn our way to childhood uh, in the kingdom of God. God invites us in as an act of his grace and we simply submit to it. It's not a work, it's just a submission. That's how I look at it anyway. We, we bend the knee and we then are placed in Christ. The Apostle Paul says. So when we become adopted into God's family, we are placed in Christ, and through our baptism, we die with Christ and are raised to new life and made into new new creatures, a new creation. But the Holy Spirit is also placed in us. And so God the Holy Spirit, He lives in us. Now, when I was a kid in Sunday school, it was described as Jesus lives in your heart. And of course, that's true because the Father, Son, and Spirit are one, right? But if you want to get more accurate, more specific, it's God the Holy Spirit who lives within all, all believers, every single believer, no matter what flavor or variety you are, you have the spirit of God within you and everywhere you go, God goes. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a decent summary, Paul? What do you think? That's
1: a wonderful summary. Yes, I'm with you all the way.
0: And so when charismatic or Pentecostally people talk about the filling of the spirit, they're not talking about that. They're not talking about what I just described what i just described is the fact that everyone has God the holy spirit within them which was done sovereignly by god at the moment we became christians what we are talking about is something different than that and so we are not saying people who have not experienced this other thing that we're calling the filling of the spirit because that's what paul calls it in the bible you could call it other things Um, but we're not saying that people who haven't done this don't have the holy spirit we are not saying that at all. You all have the Holy Spirit within you, absolutely. And I believe because you all have the Spirit of God within you, every Christian can do uh, the spiritual gifts. Everybody gets to play in the First Corinthians 12 and 14 game, in my opinion. And I've seen people who are not, quote-unquote, spirit-filled, pray in faith and see people get healed. I've seen that with my own eyes. What we are talking about is the filling of the Spirit, which is for power, and that increases the ministry of the holy spirit does through us but we're going to get into that in more detail but i just wanted to start out with that in case some of you are listening you're like I-, I don't know that i like where this is headed um where it's headed is scripture <laughs> so that's that's where it's headed do you yeah. want to add anything to that paul
1: and i i love what you said about jesus breathing on them and they are filled with the holy spirit but then he said to them it is not for you to know and in Acts chapter 1, uh, yeah, it is not for you to know the time or season that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power yes. when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria
0: and to the ends of the earth.
1: And this so is, is Acts
0: 1, for those of you who are who are wanting to look it up. This is Acts chapter 1, and Jesus' final words before he ascends. And he says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So it's something different than what has happened before. Um, and then Jesus says, why? What is this for? And it's right in verse 8 there. You will receive power. The Holy Spirit that is within all believers is uh, to connect us with God, to bring comfort, to help our relationship with God, to help us learn how to hear the voice of God, to have a relationship with him. That's the Holy Spirit within. The Holy Spirit upon is something different. That's the something different we're talking about. The Holy Spirit within does not exist prior to right now in Scripture. Jesus was the first person to have the Holy Spirit within them because he was the Christ. He was perfect. And now we get to have the Holy Spirit within us because we have been given the righteousness of Christ. Nobody in the Old Testament had the Spirit within them, but they did have the Spirit upon them. Did you want to talk about that, Paul?
1: I think you said it. I think that's clear. So
0: prophets, priests, and kings in particular, um, occasionally other folks, judges, I'd count them as kings for that purpose, but prophets, priests, and kings had the Holy Spirit come upon them. I talked about the anointing and the Holy Spirit fell upon him. Sometimes it says, or the Holy Spirit came upon her, like in the case of Deborah but those were specific instances and they were for the purpose of power and authority. Um, And would you say it's, that's basically what we're talking about? That same kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's different than the spirit within you, which hadn't happened to the old Testament. That's a new covenant thing. Mm -hmm. God himself used to live with the people. In the old covenant, right, and that was a huge enough deal (laughs) that God's presence would be with the people. But now God's presence is in the people, which the I think it's the apostle Paul who says that that was a great mystery that was hidden even from the angels. Mm -hmm. This is a that's a big deal to have the Spirit within us. But we're going to be talking about what happens there at Pentecost when Jesus said the Spirit will come upon you, and the purpose of that is there in verse eight: you'll receive power and be my witnesses well said so different things both important given one or the other having the spirit within you is obviously the most important thing that's why it happens right away when we become christians but having being filled with the spirit as we're calling it uh to have the spirit come upon you in power sure is helpful Mm. when it comes to making disciples wouldn't you agree
1: yes i would for extending the, the ministry and the message. I, I went two years to a seminary that would not take that position. And uh, I have a friend who is still a close friend, who I told him that I was filled with the spirit and I spoke in tongues and occasionally gave words of prophecy. And he said, just want you to be very careful about that here because it's of the devil. And Ooh. I said, okay.
0: So he told you what he really thought.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I didn't talk to people about it. I talked to the Lord about it and about my friend. A year later, he said, I'm ready. I want to be filled. And so I prayed with him. And
0: uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Gary. This is, I was going to say, this is Gary, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, my mentor
0: in college, for those who don't know.
1: He changed his understanding, I think in part because he saw something uh, in my
0: life that uh, uh, he, he wanted to experience. Say more, say more about that. What, what do you think he saw? What was the Spirit doing through you that he thought he wanted a taste of? Well, one thing he reminds me of is that he
1: saw me fasting and praying because i wanted to have more power i wanted to experience all that god had for me and so i went after it through prayer and fasting that's one thing that he saw uh, I, I suppose i'd have to ask him uh, what else Sure. <laughs> i hope there was something else that he saw but i uh i remember when I was a senior in high school, and I heard about the gifts of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. a part of me was interested, and a part of me actually held them at bay. I'd heard that there were Lutherans who were being filled with the Spirit, and I wasn't sure I wanted it, and for a while, I knew I didn't, and I, I say to my own shame that I held it off, but then I was up at a camp, and God changed my my heart. God changed my outlook. And I really wanted to be filled with the spirit. I was graduating. I just graduated from high school. I was going to college. I wanted to have
0: influence in college.
1: I wanted to to
0: have the power of the Holy Spirit. uh, Would you say that was the primary reason you had a change of heart? Yeah, you you wanted to be a better witness, and Jesus said the Holy Spirit would help with that. So
1: yeah, and I and not just witness to unbelievers, but to witness to believers about the Mm -hmm. power that's available to them. That was as much or more. And so I was up at camp, and I talked to Pastor Alan Hansen. I knew that he was one of them, one of those. Yes, and so I. uh, It was late at night. The adults had gone to bed, and uh, I said, Alan. I would really like for you to pray with me to be filled with the spirit. And he said, Great, we'll do it tomorrow morning sometime. And I wasn't a pushy kid, but I said, I would really like you to do it tonight. Would you? And he, I guess he saw my eagerness and he said, Okay. So I went around and rounded up all the kids that were uh still up, it was 10:30 at night, and still in and interested, and there were 20 of us. And he uh, walked us outside to the edge of the camp to a swimming pool. Uh, we swam it during the day and, and we sat down on the benches and he just talked quietly about the Holy Spirit. And every word was true in my desire, a, a longing. And so he said, I'm gonna pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just walked, put his hands very gently Honest, prayed quietly, and he said, If you want to, that was as adamant as it was, if you want to, you can speak in tongues. And so he touched just one of one. I wanted to say to him, Hurry up, Alan, because he started at the other half of the circle. (laughs) I was was so eager. God put eagerness inside of me.
0: Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, who was already within you, was eager for you to have the power of the Spirit upon you. Yes. That's cool. And, and that's it, that's a good confirmation when the spirit within you is like this is good yes that's helpful
1: i'm i'm so thankful because he he uh he wasn't trying to get us to to do anything he wasn't mm-hmm. manipulating us but he wasn't just pushy you can you can and i knew when he prayed for me that if i opened my mouth i'd speak in tongues and i did and at least 17 of the 20 did i ran ran back into camp and woke up my parents and told them and how kind of them to receive that they had no mm-hmm. yet they did but they said that's so wonderful they knew Alan my dad was a good friend of pastor Alan Hansen so that was kind of a, a beginning and it prepared me for college in a wonderful mm. way and that's of course great. like I like I told you I wasn't I wasn't going to put push it on to people but when they were ready I was uh, prepared to pray for them to be filled and now you and I both, we have prayed with hundreds.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's that was a great testimony. Thank you about your experience. And I think for many people, this is an experience—the first time you're filled with the Spirit, the first time the Spirit comes upon you in this way, in this, in the way that happened at Pentecost. Um, and it's—we'll talk about this more later. But it's not a once-for-all kind of a thing. Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, "Be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit." Yes. It's a regular, ongoing, progressive thing. But the first time it does happen, a lot of people point to that as a turning point in their life, uh, in their faith, a turning point in their faith in many t- many cases.
1: I just happened to, uh, in my reading, I just read through the book of Acts uh, mm-hmm. these the last few days, and I saw that again, what you just said, Nate. Uh, this is in chapter four. They yep. were in, the spirit in chapter two and uh and it says and when they had prayed verse 31 the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit mm-hmm. and continued to speak the word of god with boldness so this isn't a one-time thing it happens they didn't leak they were filled with the spirit and can we get more of god well god can get more of us and the more the more we ask. To be filled it's a good thing to ask daily fill me with your holy
0: spirit for what you have for me today agreed agreed i actually think that's part of what the lord meant in the lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread, mm. as bread bread is a type of the holy spirit in scripture but we could do a whole podcast on that verse but um i like that i like what you're saying and i've talked with a lot of people for whom it was an experience especially the first time they were filled with the spirit they remember it they they it was a, a turning point in their life for other people, getting spiritual cleansing for the first time or deliverance ministry for the first time is a turning point in their life. For others, it's when they finally start reading scripture and really diving into it. I mean, we, we have multiple turning points in our journey as yeah. we go through the sanctification process and become more and more like Jesus, right? But this is a it's a big point, and I think it's an important one, and it saddens me that for various reasons, some of which I honestly don't understand, some people don't do this one. Some people forego what Jesus said was so vitally important. He said, it's better for you if I go, because then I'll ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit, and he will. And then you'll all be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can do better things than I did, even greater things. Like, Jesus seemed pretty pumped about the plan, the divine plan. And I I just don't get why people wouldn't want to go all in on God's plan. So it...
1: I don't need to...
0: But part of that is because I don't have that experience that you have to remember. So I don't have, in my memory, I don't have a before I was filled with the Spirit and after. But I also don't have a before I was Christian and after. I, I, I just don't have that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were both raised non-Christians. Um, they were saved in the Jesus People movement of the 70s during that revival time as young adults. And they started going to the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. Uh, nearby, where I actually sent my girls for preschool. Um, and they went there for a while, good church, Bible-believing church. And then my dad, at one of these kind of meetings, one of these Jesus people meetings, um, had this experience where he was filled with the Spirit in the way we're talking about, like in Pentecost and Acts 2. He had that experience, and a guy started mentoring him about what this was and, and what it meant. And so then my dad really wanted to go to a church that believed in this and practiced this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. and my mom this is largely a personality thing sat in the back of that church with her arms crossed and her eyes furrowed (laughs) for like two years she says my because she just wasn't sure about it she is not one who places experience very high on her list of things that are important to a person because objectively the bible trumps experience right Mm -hmm. and i agree with that by the way um but as she read it and got good teaching and good counseling, and they didn't push her or anything at this other church, um, she saw that, okay, this is pretty clearly true in scripture. I haven't seen them do anything that seems to be against scripture. Some of the people might be strange or, or whatever, but all Christians are strange and messed up and we're all stumbling towards sanctification, right? So you can't really blame God for that. So eventually she, she jumped in. And then she had that experience as well but I I grew up with it so for me it was just this is this is the way I didn't know there was another way until I went to school and most of the Christians there were not filled with the Spirit in that way but I started speaking in tongues when I was like seven or something and so I just had it very very young Um, but my parents taught me especially since we went to missouri Synod lutheran schools that hey not not everybody speaks in tongues not everybody does these things that we do and that's okay you don't have to try to change them or convert them just understand that they they have different beliefs we we believe that we are correct in buying into all of scripture Mm -hmm. and we believe that they are choosing not to engage in some of what scripture says to do and so but we're not judging them because of that Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up with that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I was pretty old, I think it was in sixth grade, where I kind of got outed as a tongue speaker, mm-hmm. um, which my sixth grade teacher was actually really cool about, which was interesting because she was the pastor's wife. And they tend to be not, you know, Missouri Synod pastors historically, um, although that has changed. And I know a number of spirit filled Missouri Synod pastors, just like in most denominations these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more ex- understood. I think it's more understood more accepted yes but i had that Mm. experience in college as well i got outed as a tongue speaker in my Mm. freshman religion class which was interesting Mm. mostly in a derisive way uh from the teacher and from the students but one nice thing about postmodern culture is they have a hard time discounting experience and testimony Mm -hmm. so when i when i said things like I, i find it really helpful for my life, and give examples of why I find tongues helpful. They were like, "Okay, <laughs> I guess."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, any other kind of introductory thoughts? We're going to do a longer, you know, series on the filling of the Holy Spirit. But any other introductory thoughts or things we maybe want to say before we d- dive in deeper?
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I I'm thankful for people like Jack Deere who is a Mm -hmm. scholar, an Old Testament scholar, language scholar, and who experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit and gave testimony to that among evangelicals who were in a different place. And he wouldn't back down because he knew the word of God and it became now a part of his own experience. He had denied it before, Mm -hmm. but now he embraced it and he experienced it and he so he couldn't go back and he was uh, told that he he needed to uh, step out of this seminary and he said, I don't have any reason to. I'm I'm believing the scripture. So uh, they had to kick him out because he they didn't buy into his theology i'm thankful for people like that who Mm -hmm. who've taken hits and he has written some powerful works works now about the hearing from god and about the work of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and i'm sad that there is a divide between solid evangelicals whom i i love And those who are involved in charismatic renewal. I'm sad. I'm thankful for those who can bridge that. There's Mm -hmm. a wonderful book called Empowered Evangelicals, written by someone from the Vineyard Movement, and I would encourage those who are evangelicals, Bible-believing evangelicals, who are not where we are as we speak, Nate, that they would at least consider that possibility that they can be evangelicals believing the bible believing all of the bible but having a different understanding
0: of the gifts of the spirit yeah just do just have. do a bible study on it do a bible study on these things that we're talking about and i think you'll see it there
1: 1st corinthians 12 14 is a good place to go yep and the whole book of acts of course
0: john and the beginning of acts like we already talked about and let's let's get back to that uh next week we'll get back into the scripture and kind of go through what happened exactly at pentecost what is this gift of the father the filling of the spirit and how does that what does that mean (laughs) what does it do and we can look at that and it's really fun So we're going to do some good Bible study next week. We will see you there. God bless everybody. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday. So tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.